Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Sachin Kesture. Sachin is the regional procurement lead in Asia for WPP. He has extensive experience as a procurement change agent, combining his knowledge of procurement, consulting, and corporate growth to maximize commercial value. So hi, Sachin. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Kelly, for having me. So I shared very high level about your background and experience in my intro, but I would love to give you a minute to introduce yourself in a little bit more depth. What else should people know about your professional journey to this point? Sure, Kelly. Um, again, first of all, it's kind of surreal to, to listen to your voice, right? Uh, I'm so used to hear you on Spotify during my 30 minutes <laughs> ride to office in Singapore. Uh, so it's it's kind of uh, surreal. Uh, great to have again here. Um, regarding professional experience, uh, I'll probably just add one thing. Um, through my current experience in WPP, as well as earlier experiences with Shamaji and Accenture Consulting, I was blessed to get kind of uh, a detailed understanding of entire buying and, and selling process. So it was not only sourcing and procurement, but I got the understanding of total commercial value chain. And I thought that helped me really in my in my career. No, I think I think that's an interesting point. And it's it's not exactly what you're saying, but it's funny. It comes up a lot of times in conversations that I have. People will talk about how increasingly procurement work has a lot in common with sales work, mm-hmm. less because of the total commercial value that you and I are going to dig into today, but because we spend so much time talking about value proposition, trying to influence people without necessarily having authority over them. So I actually think more of us would be better off if we had a ex- firsthand experience with both the selling side and the procurement side of the business. Absolutely. I think it's it should be part of induction program if there is any for procurement yes. people. But but it should be a beginning. For me, it's it's cru- crucial to understand how your organization earns every dollar. So then, then you become mindful about how you spend every dollar. And that that is important to have. So I think you're absolutely right. Every procurement professional should have a visibility or a training if they, if it is possible on the selling side as well. Now we're going to leverage your full experience today and we're going to talk about the total commercial value chain. But before we get sort of deep into that and how procurement can impact it, can you just provide us with a high level definition or explanation of what you mean when you say total commercial value chain? Sure. Uh, at the cost of sounding oversimplifying, right? I just want to break this term into three things. So for me, a total commercial value chain means 
understanding of three things for your business. One is how your organization spends every dollar. So that's the bottom line. Um, second is understanding of earning of every dollar for your organization. That is understanding and top line. And then basically the third thing, which means value chain is, is what exactly your organizational goals are uh, mainly commercial and how you understand them. So if you understand all these thing, three things together, you will be able to understand the total commercial value chain. Of course, there are tons of definitions available on Google, but essentially it means understanding the, the commercial flow in your business and be mindful about the end organizational commercial goal. Now, I'm always a huge fan of simple explanations. I actually think that's a, a fantastic, clear overview of, of some of what we're going to talk more about today. But of course, part of what is so important about understanding this approach is what it allows procurement teams and of course, companies as a whole to achieve. So when we think about the business challenges that companies are facing today, what are a few examples of things that you think can be solved or addressed by taking this broader approach? So I'll give you two examples, right? One is for businesses to solve their challenges. And the second is how procurement can overcome their own challenges mm. using understanding of total commercial value chain. Now for businesses, at times we, we struggle to tie every action to the final organization goal. And that's where this technique can be used as gap analysis. You can literally have overview of all the internal processes and, and ask this question, listen, is this helping us to grow or whatever our aim is? Let's say our aim is to have wider reach, then are we using the commercial value chain understanding for it? If our goal is to be a niche company and just focusing on revenue growth, are we doing it by having a large procurement team globally? Do you want to have maybe a smaller offices everywhere and use like hub and spoke model? So it's, it helps organizational to understand and assess their journey towards their goals. Now, more importantly, because I know our audience is more from procurement background, mm -hmm. I think understanding of commercial value chain helps tremendously to, to sourcing and procurement professionals. We all agree that uh, uh, while procurement people at large are really excellent in, in what they do, cost savings, um, getting everything in place and so on. But we all agree that they struggle more on soft skills, um, especially stakeholders, uh, stakeholder management. So I think understanding the commercial value chain helps a lot with stakeholder management. Um, I truly believe that all the functions or departments or stakeholders are somehow linked with organization goals. So procurement just needs to kind of convey the link between their own actions and organization end goal to get more buy-in from stakeholder uh, stakeholders which they are dealing with. Uh, so I'll give you an example, right, which, which I have seen in my life. Um, so we were trying to get this uh, a digital solution implemented uh, and and as as with every digital solution uh, user acceptance was a big thing right and we were kind of struggling with it so we went over and beyond showing the cost savings 
which is natural how much we are saving through this implementation but we actually went over and beyond to showcase how it will help you to grow as an organization um, we even went to a point where we we now had this one pager on the digital transformation which we did in our client proposals to showcase how now we are um, a much better company with this implementation and naturally immediately the sales guys were excited they wanted to have this implementation in place because they can talk about it in their proposal to client so if you go beyond cost saving i think this will help uh, to get more stakeholders on your side for procurement people and it's interesting you know you talk about working with stakeholders i certainly maintain from my own experience that working cross functionally working with the people that procurement considers to be sort of internal customers those stakeholders can be such a challenge and part of what i think makes it such a big problem to tackle is that we can talk about stakeholders we can talk about procurement wanting to align with the business and this is terrible for podcasting but i'm doing air quotes so <laughs> visualize the business right like it's one thing when in reality you have a lot of different almost special interest groups within this organization so you certainly have operations versus marketing versus logistics versus finance right you have all these different functional teams and then some companies on top of that have different operating or business units they might have different geographical regions that the con- the company is structured by mm-hmm. how can procurement unify right so much of what we do the value is amplified so much so the more aligned we can get all of these different groups how do we either bring everyone into alignment or take an effective approach to ranking and prioritizing in the cases where there's conflict or or misalignment different functional team needs and wants that's a great question right and i'm just taking a time to think over it so in my opinion and again i want to be uh, clear on what i'm saying right so in my opinion if you have a full visibility of commercial value chain then i'll always prefer to rank um, or prioritize business needs over stakeholder needs mm-hmm. right now let me explain this right key point here is to have a full visibility so you can do it if you absolutely know the business and you probably um, have sounded off this idea with your leader Uh, and and have a complete clarity uh, this only comes through business curiosity right and depth of understanding of yours for each category so let me explain this with with example right so uh, i'll take example from my ex- current industry marketing so any any marketing professional who is working with procurement will ideally like to have same budget in place but more value out of the deal right um typically marketing pro- professional won't like uh, procurement to cut the cost uh, of it uh, but they want more value from the same deal yes. now procurement professional uh, if they don't have a full visibility of the business or understanding they'll probably try to cut the cost right they'll try to negotiate the deal for marketing uh, 
Um, probably a CFO will also say so. It's good to save on budget. But if you have the clear visibility of your organizational goal, if you have a clear visibility on the budget, then in my opinion, you should try to get more out of the same deal rather than cost cutting. Now, why it's important? One, let's say you are you are spending $100 for uh, advertising campaign. And let's say you try to save 10%, which is $10 um, uh, uh, for the same scope. So that's one way of looking at it. Probably procurement and CFO might like it. But let's say if you keep the $100 uh, budget same and negotiate more value out of the deal, more scope, probably adding one more region to the campaign or adding one more um, outlet. So it could be social media covering with uh, instead of three platforms, four platforms, right? Then the additional value, the incremental value you bring for that, that saving might give you four to five X returns. So, so for me, the saving of $10 is not that important. Mm -hmm. If you compare it with giving that $10 to supplier, but getting like four to five X returns on your, um, on your investment, right? So, so now here, what I'm doing through this process is I'm ranking my organizational need at number one. So I want to reach more. I want to generate more revenue. So I want this campaign to be more successful. The second would be stakeholder need, which is uh, CFO as well as marketing. If you look at it, everyone on paper, theoretically, you can help them and everyone can be happy if you see this approach. So for me, it's very important to prioritize, prioritize business needs and and uh, over the stakeholder needs does it help i, I hope I yeah i think it does i think that example that you shared really makes the point clear about that total commercial value and it's it's interesting as i listen to you describe it i actually think about a a saying that my grandmother used to use all the time she would talk about being penny wise but pound foolish Absolutely. right so don't save the 10 dollars in order to lose the opportunity to grow the business revenue. That's why you, you have to understand top line, bottom line, and growth objectives. I, I think that's a, a terrific example. And if we can get more procurement teams thinking like that, I really believe that opens to the door to us not only having better relationships with stakeholders like marketing, who tend to be a little bit hesitant and concerned about working with procurement because they think of us as being cost only, but also all kinds of different ways we can impact the business positively. Um, I think that's I think that's a great explanation. Yeah, and Kelly, if you, if I'm being honest, the trend is changing now. You you can see procurement actually yes. doing meaningful stuff, right? Uh, when I started long time back, if I sound some of these ideas, the CFOs might say that. You know what your basics are wrong but now people are thinking over and beyond they have quite good resources in hand look at this podcast right for example and everything what art of procurement is doing i'm a follower since long um if somebody who's starting in procurement listen to this conversation they might think uh, this is a new new way of thinking right so they might start implementing it so all these things this is the right time probably you have resources in hand you have you have support from organizational to procurement function so i think this is the right time to do meaningful things in procurement 
Now let's take sort of the big picture approach we've been working through and expand it one step further. Let's go global with this idea. So when you and I spoke in advance of today's recording, we actually talked about the fact that it's one thing to manage spend or contracts or suppliers, but when you start to expand your perspective to the point that you're actually managing a global supply chain, or as some people would say, a global supply ecosystem, that comes with its own nuances and challenges. How would you say what the differences that are required when you're thinking globally and even potentially multiple tiers into the supply chain combines with this total commercial value chain concept? Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's one of my favorite topic, right? I love to brainstorm. Um, even even I love this term called localization, where yes. you implement global practices, but consider local nuances right and the challenges of the business so i'm a big fan of that concept um, i keep saying that implementing global initiatives blindly without considering local nuances is kind of recipe for disaster right um, what work in us might not work in uk might not work in singapore even within asia what we have seen is what works here in singapore uh, might not work in Shanghai or or in in Mumbai, right? So, uh, so that's why globalization is really uh, important. Um, it it is uh, customized to your business. I don't want to give a generic statement, but you have to look within your business, within your categories, for the right approach. I'll give you an example, right? Uh, uh, we all know that like volume consolidation using a digital aggregator is the is one of the best strategies, right? This is one of the low hanging fruits in procurement um, to get get things right. But interestingly, and this I learned a uh, few years back, when it comes to Asia, you will be surprised to know that often small vendors are actually taking a lot of pride in working with big brands. So there are times when they will give a better commercials as well as quality product or services to big brands if if they tie up directly so if you are a big companies the chances are small vendors want to have a contract with you but don't want to go through an aggregator mm -hmm. so in theory aggregators should get better pricing because they have bigger volume to deal with but we have seen a contrast of it in Asia for categories. Now, this is more like an emotive thing, right? Uh, sure. There is no logic commercially to, to this statement. And of course, there are so many other com complexities like double taxation in Asia, um, having a backup supplier because you're not sure if your supplier will turn up when, when you need them. So, so there are other complex criteria as well. But I found it amazing to know that in fact, you can have more suppliers on board uh, instead of uh, doing a volume consolidation. So if you know your organization goal, again, falling back to the commercial value chain, right? If you know your organization goal and if you are a procurement professional working in these particular categories, freelancer is one category for such such behavior, then you might as well have more suppliers in your in on your system and you might want to do a better due diligence system in place so you periodically audit them make sure you are you don't have any other uh, supply chain related risk 
with these suppliers but don't want to go for the consolidation so you might keep more suppliers on hand on system because they will give you better commercials and services instead of doing the consolidation again this is like very customized to every category to summarize i think time has come where you actually need to act as a ceo for your function like procurement function and take decisions on reality rather than going through the textbook models of like uh, the the spend levers and and you know the typical five six levers volume consolidation yes. demand manager i think we need to think beyond that there are no uh, uh, no theoretical ways to deal with modern day problems so i hope that answers the question no i think it definitely does and and i love that last point that you made there are no theoretical ways to solve modern day problems. I, I think if there's sort of a little sound bite in my head that comes from this conversation, um, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Today's problems are so complex. And I think as much as digitization has increased connectivity and hopefully visibility and transparency, it has also increased the speed at which problems come shooting at us. You know, no longer are you sitting in a little business office someplace getting good news or bad news when the mailman pulls up. You get mm -hmm. it in near real time instantly. And that means we're, we're constantly facing this, okay, you know, is this good news? Is this bad news? What can I control? What are my response options? Uh, there, there is no time for theory, right? We just have to start sort of going to work and, and figuring out what's going to help us accomplish those three things that you walked us through. You know, how are we spending our money? How are we earning our money? And what are our total organizational goals? Um, so Sachin, as we start to wind down our time, and I know you're a listener, so you know the rules of this game, but just in yeah. case people listening in, this is their first time hearing this is a tradition that's part of the Sourcing Hero podcast. It goes way back to the beginning. Every single guest that joins me gets their choice of two parting questions and such, and you can answer whichever one of these you want. The first option is, what would your definition of a sourcing hero be? And your second option is, how would you describe what heroism looks like in a business context. So I'll, I'll give you your choice and then I'll let you answer. This is great. I have heard this question many times. So probably <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm better prepared for this one probably. Um, so, so I'll give you an answer which is kind of addressed to both your questions. Then. Um, for me, a hero or, or in this part of Asia, we call it heroine. That is a lady hero. Uh, but uh, a hero is essentially someone who takes the total ownership of the situation so i'm a big big movie fan uh, fan i mean i'm from india bollywood is a big thing there um so to give you an analogy from movies uh, you will see that hero might not have the best tools in hand he or she might not have the best circumstances to deal with but they just take the total ownership of that situation right um so for me taking responsibility in business con context for of your job or things which you are doing um, along with high, having highest work ethics are traits of like true hero 
So for me, that's what heroism is in the business con uh, context. You act like CEO, no matter what level you are at, but you take the full responsibility of the work assigned to you. Um, I've learned two things from consulting. Uh, so I used to work as management consultant. I've learned two things, right? One is learn and earn. So you basically learn for a few days, but earn on it for rest of the life. So no concept is wasted. And the second thing is the only way to grow up is by getting excellence in what you are doing currently. So, so for me, that's what heroism is. That's, that's terrific. And you know, it's funny, I did my own stint in, in consulting. I agree with both of your major learnings. I will add a third. This is the one that mm -hmm. I always think of. Hope is not a strategy. Right. Yeah, we all true. need hope, right? As individuals, as teams, as families and communities and, and even industries. Uh, but that's back to that point you made about there not being theoretical solutions, right? You have to hold out hope. You're thinking about that top line impact. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, you have to be choosing strategies to carry out actively and concretely um, in order to deal with those challenges. Yeah, hope is so, probably the worst plan B to have. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or panic. Panic is also a terrible plan B. That's sure, that's sure. never a good fallback, right? Yeah, um, and that's so, why all these tools, right? I just want to add one line yeah, to it. Yeah, of course. Because I sounded a bit like against the digital solutions in, in my yeah. earlier answer. But, but that's why you have to have these tools handy, right? You look at the digi digi digital solutions, uh, you need to know what's going on in the market. You need to meet new suppliers. It doesn't harm you to have 30 minutes catch up with new supplier if they are approaching you. Don't just say that we don't need it. Maybe listen them out, understand what they are doing and keep it in your folder, which you can use it later on um, when the problem comes. So all these things are really, really important. They definitely are. So Sachin, now that you're officially a guest, no longer just a listener, officially a guest of the Sourcing Hero podcast, we know that there are loads of people out there listening to this conversation that we're having. If any of them are listening in, like your perspective on things, and would appreciate the opportunity to connect with you or add you to their network, what is the best way for them to reach out or to get in touch? Absolutely. I mean, the best way is to find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can just search for my name or you can just type in www.sachinkasture, that is S-A-C-H-I-N-K-A-S-T-U-R-E.com, which will lead you to my LinkedIn place. So it's, it's just the simple way to attract you on the profile. You can reach me out on LinkedIn. My messages are open um, and, and we can have a chat. Excellent, Sachin. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much. Can't wait to listen to this episode on my next ride to office. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for the Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget... Sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.